Our very existence depends on this. Black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity, feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another edition of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information on African-American health from some of the nation's top doctors and is sponsored by the African-American Wellness Project. Our very existence depends on this. Black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity, feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another edition of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information on African-American health from some of the nation's top doctors and is sponsored by the African-American Wellness Project. Good health and welcome to this week's edition of the podcast, Black Doctors Speak. Our topic is the relationship between race and prostate cancer. Why is this an issue? Prostate cancer occurs more often in black men and black men die more often. And whenever these situations come up, the questions become, is it genetic or is it the environment? Our special guest today is Dr. Michael Roach, professor of radiation and oncology and urology at the University of California, San Francisco. He suggests that one of the key environmental factors is racism. Not everyone agrees, but he makes a most compelling case that racism is a key factor as a cause for increased incidence of prostate cancer in black men. Welcome to our program, Dr. Roach. This is an important topic that I feel strongly about, and I think it's important that we bring attention to misinformation when it's perpetuated in the medical field. Uh, our conversation arose by a, because of a recent publication, a commentary published by three authors who argue that um, specific title of their uh, publication is called um, Racism Does Not Cause Prostate Cancer, It Causes Prostate Cancer Death. And in this particular publication, they argue that um, that it's likely that there's a, that it's genetic, that the reason that prostate cancer is more common in African-American men is a genetic, uh, is due to the genes and uh, not due to racism. Yeah, I think it would be, be a good idea to break down that paper into some of the suppositions that they made, some of the conclusions that they made and have you respond to them. I think that would be helpful uh, to our audience. Uh, in their discussion, they say that racism cannot affect the prostate cancer uniquely. Um, they assume, they acknowledge that racism and stress can affect the cardiovascular system. They acknowledge other uh, ways that, that racism can affect people. And certainly they don't disagree that racism can affect unemployment. It can affect uh, uh, incarceration and those other factors that they don't argue that. But they seem to believe, for some strange reason, that prostate cancer is unique. And that sort of ignores evolutionary biology. If you look at um, 
you know, things like sickle cell disease. Sickle cell was developed, and, and you know more about sickle cell than I do, actually, Dr. Lenore. Sickle cell was developed as a as a evolutionary outcome of being resistant to malaria. It gives you some advantage there. And so, but evolutionary factors occur early in life because it affects the ability to reproduce and to survive an environment. Cancer is a very late event. In particular, prostate cancer is an extremely late event. So there's, so it's implausible that there would be some environmental evolutionary reason for, for, for African-American men to uh, be predisposed to developing prostate cancer because of evolutionary factors. And, um, but if I take a step back, my first big issue with this uh, paper is they fall into the trap of acting as though they believe that there are actually discrete races within the human race. And the anthropologists, the evolutionary biologists, based on analysis of the Human Genome Project, have concluded there's only one race. There's the human race. There are differences in polymorphisms. These are various exceptions to certain small genetic differences between people. But it is implausible to me that um, that it has to do with uh, the issue of race because race is not a thing. And I, I call your attention to the conclusions from a, a symposium that was held by an international group. And their conclusion was race is a social fact and a scientific fiction. Given that race is a social fact and a scientific fiction, you cannot plausibly turn around and say it's genes that uh, are inherently and uniquely associated with prostate cancer. Yeah, so I certainly agree uh, in some ways with that, but it's hard for me as a more lay person in this kind of discussion to understand if race is not a factor, why do black people have so many problems if they're self-identified as black? Uh, and I know that um, this discussion, this argument uh, goes against some of the things that they're talking about because uh, it doesn't matter what we did. We did a kind of a classic study here uh, in my office where we took 300 families self-described as African-American and we were looking at social determinants around asthma, but we also did all the genetics. And you cannot look at an African-American and tell what the composition is. And so consequently, even though the, I agree with you about race, black people seem to have more problems, uh, which I think mitigates against the fact that this is genetic. Well, well we all agree we have more problems, okay? If you look at uh, income employment, if we look at uh, discrimination in its various forms and health disparity, if you're, if you're African-American, you have a 50% higher chance of dying of cancer in America. And uh, I think the second part of this, so the first part was that he's, they seem to act like race is a thing, that race is a real discrete biologic thing. The anthropologist and the, the geneticists say it's not. That's number one. Number two, they argue that prostate cancer is unique. They acknowledge the fact of social injustices and racism in the rest of the field, but they seem to think that prostate cancer is unique, that there really is a genetic basis. 
And then number three, there are multiple examples where they made misstatements that were just factually incorrect. And I, I shared with you um, my plans for submitting a sort of rebuttal to the journal. Uh, and we could go point by point by point where statements that were made to them, they have a, what's called an evidence table where they summarized specifically what the, their arguments are against the, uh, the, the to, to, to argue that it's not racism or stress in life that could be explaining prostate cancer. And in every single example, they provided no cited references for those specific points that they make. And I've provided multiple publications, uh, cited peer-reviewed publications that basically show that their statements are just scientifically incorrect. And so no one knows why prostate cancer is more common in African-American men, but to act as though they know for sure that it's due to genetics and not due to racism is a type of academic arrogance. And let me sort of, sort of skip ahead to the main point that I want to make. So they're arguing that it's due to genetics. And that implies that we as a society should continue to spend hundreds of millions of dollars trying to figure out what are the differences in the genes. So I, I, I certainly agree with you on what you said about uh, race being a construct. Uh, what's the case that racism impacts prostate cancer? Okay, well, I'm not saying that racism just impacts prostate cancer. I'm saying racism impacts us in many, many ways. Researchers from places like UCLA that have done research both in animals and in humans showing that stress can have an impact on your immune system. The way that, the, the, that cancer works is we're always, uh, abnormal cells are always trying to come up in our bodies. And we have immune surveillance mechanisms that attack and protect us against those cells. If your immune system is compromised by, by anything, uh, for example, if you take a patient that has a kidney transplant and you have them on immunosuppressive drugs, if they develop cancer, that cancer is extremely aggressive because their immune surveillance mechanisms are compromised. There's clear evidence that shows that chronic stress can affect your immune surveillance mechanism. So my belief is that chronic long-term and even generational racism affects Black people continuously and that because of those things, our immune surveillance mechanisms are compromised and we're predisposed to developing more different kinds of cancers than people that aren't experiencing that. Now, that doesn't affect all cancers, but, but some of the cancers, there, there appears to be this is plausible, a plausible reason that it might happen. You know, one, one, one of the things that, uh, that I would like to know is that there are other areas of the world where you have populations that are oppressed that are under racist pressures, do they have increased incidence of prostate cancer? Well, that's a complicated analysis for three reasons. One, median age of prostate cancer developing is 66. And the time that it takes for people to die, most of the men that die of prostate cancer in their 70s and 80s and, and, and so forth. And so in some countries, the life expectancy is so short that you don't have as many people that are living long enough to get prostate cancer. That's number one. Number two, they don't screen for prostate cancer in many of those countries. So you may have people that are developing prostate cancer 
and they don't detect it early. So the incidence of prostate cancer may not be identified as readily. But there are high rates of prostate cancer in countries that African people uh, reside. Now, one of the errors in the paper, in the commentary by Vickers et al., is the assumption that all Africa is the same. So there are differences. For example, some countries like Ethiopia was never conquered by, by the Europeans and other countries were, were continued to oppress black people for many years, like you take South Africa. So there are extreme differences in the way that racism has been manifested in Africa as a continent. And there's extreme diversity in terms of life expectancy and whether people look for disease and so forth. So, but we do know that there are high rates of uh, prostate cancer in the islands, in uh, Jamaica and places like that. And, we, and if we look at the slave trade, the way that slavery worked is they first brought the slaves to the Caribbean and to uh, Latin American countries like Brazil and slavery was in place in many of those countries and, and black people were oppressed and continue to be oppressed in many of those countries. So, uh, and then the other point I think it's important to make is that about 30% of the genetic makeup of African-Americans is of European origin. So his arguments that, well, you know, if it was, you know, how come the race, you know, how come East Africa and West Africa are different and, and some are more like African-Americans, that whole approach to race as though it's a real biologic thing runs counter to what the anthropologist and the geneticist tell us. And so the arguments there are flawed and the analysis of the data are flawed. And one of the things that confuses me also is the fact in some of the ACE studies that if you take African-Americans and you take Caucasians and you do the whole process of prostate cancer is similar from diagnostic to final therapeutics, the outcomes are very similar. But when we do those kinds of studies, that does not eliminate racism. Uh, how do you explain that? Well, actually, 30 years ago, everybody said prostate cancer was inherently more aggressive in African-American men. This was the dogma when I first came into the field 30 years ago. And I was saying, no, 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 it's not more aggressive in African-American men. And then what happened was multiple phase three randomized trials were conducted. Now, let me just, for the sake of the audience, make it clear. What we're talking about is people came in, they signed a consent form, they had to have a certain amount of cancer, they had to have a certain level of health, and then they were randomly assigned to either treatment A or treatment B. So they eliminated differences in quality of care. And guess what? African-American men did as well or better than white men. So the bottom line is that it means that prostate cancer is not inherently more aggressive in black men. If we get the same treatment, we do at least as well as white men do. So that whole notion for many, many years was completely in error. Now, the notion was based on population-based studies. That is, they would just look in the population. They would ignore the fact that in many cases, black men didn't get treated. Black men didn't get screened. Black men didn't get diagnosed at an, at an earlier stage. But if you adjust for all those things and deliver the same quality of treatment, black men do just as well as white men. So the, 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 uh, the notion that prostate cancer is inherently more aggressive in black men is a total myth.
Uh, so, but still, it doesn't answer. The question is, in these studies, uh, racism still had to be in a dynamic for the black men in the studies. Uh, and yet they seem to do as well. The most important issue was how they got treated. The treatment was the same. If you give her the same treatment for the same stage of disease, then the racism doesn't come into play. The racism affects, do you have insurance? Did you get screened? Did you get treated? I'm arguing that racism is the explanation. And really the focus of his comment, their commentary is that genetics causes the higher incidence of prostate cancer in black men. And my argument is, well, it's possible, but unlikely given the fact that everything else is explained by racism. There's a, there's a concept called Occam's razor, that if you have some plausible, simple explanation for multiple things, it's most likely to be true. And given that racism, racism is responsible for the unemployment, the incarceration, the poor quality of care, I think it's also like more plausible that it's responsible for the higher incidence due to chronic uh, stress and chronic immune suppression caused by racism. Well, you know, we have a lot of situations in medicine and science like this, uh, where you have two, two maybe diverging views of what causes a particular problem. I think you have a kind of a unique perspective on why the kind of constant search for the gene, one gene or the one polymorphism or change of gene uh, is responsible for prostate cancer uh, in black men. And a lot of that research is going on. How can that how can that hurt? Well, first of all, we're putting money in, right? We're taxpayers, we're putting money in. So you got a group of people that want to spend millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars studying the genes to prove that there's a gene that causes black men to have prostate cancer at a higher rate. Now, if they're wrong, then we've wasted the hundreds of millions of dollars. And along the way, we continue to experience an excess burden risk and incidence of prostate cancer. However, my argument is it's due to racism. So if we fix racism, then we'll fix the increased incidence. Now, if I'm wrong and it's not due to racism, I'm okay with that because if we focus on racism, we're gonna reduce incarceration, unemployment, access to care, quality of care. And if I'm wrong, overall, black people will do better, okay? But if I'm right, Black people will do better and the incidence of prostate cancer in black men will go down. So would I rather have them be wrong or me be wrong? I'd rather have me be wrong and have racism addressed straightforward rather than have them be wrong. But can the two not uh, take uh, different paths at the same time and perhaps contribute to the dialogue? Well, um, we've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars all along trying to study the genetic differences between black people because we took the concept that race was a real thing, that race is a real biologic thing. And the fact of the matter is, is that the preponderance of evidence has shown us that, and they acknowledge in their commentary all the ways that, that racism, in fact, they, you know, their title is that racism kills black men. Okay, well, given that's a fact, let's address racism. Looking for this gene that I don't think exists, I think is a waste of resources. And, 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 and so you ask the question, 
you know, what's the downside or how does it hurt us? It hurts us because it doesn't get to the root of the problem. And we tend to get distracted by the notion that we are somehow genetically responsible. I mean, we, you can't do anything about a person's race. And by, and by attributing their excess incidence to their own genes, you're essentially saying it's your fault. You're the one that got them genes. Those genes are the ones that are causing you to have prostate cancer at a higher risk. And I'm saying, wait a minute, the preponderance of evidence says race is not even a thing in the first place. And secondly, you can't do anything about my genes. And third, fix the racism and I'll be happy. Well, you know, I think uh, I, I even take a different tack. My feeling is obviously this is an important discussion and it contributes to the dialogue about prostate cancer in black men. Uh, but I'm really concerned about the, the differences in the way we've been evaluated in treatment, even to this day. Uh, the whole discussion about the MRI versus the needle biopsy still rages on, even though the science is there. And my particular concern, and the concern of those in the African American Wellness Project, is to appreciate the discussions on social determinants of health. But my unique position is that if we focus on those social determinants and we forget about how to properly treat Black men, then uh, uh, then I think well, we're going to end up on the scrap heap of history. So I don't want to get too distracted into these social determinants. I think the discussion should take place. But I'm more concerned, and we should have another conversation about the way in which Black men are treated in so many parts of this country that lead to morbidity and mortality. But Dr. Max Roach, I thank you so much for joining us. You're constantly the only one standing up in the crowd talking about this from the perspective of both experience and science. To whom much is given, much is required. Thank you for the opportunity. I love that. I love that. All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care. No, I think that's, that's and so that's one of the principles that we use here on Doc and Dean. Well, thank you, Mr. Dean, for addressing uh, not only being a participant, but addressing, addressing the part. But most of all, I'd like to thank those of you who've taken the time to look at uh, Black Health Matters with Doc and Dean. Every week, we'll try to bring you some information about what's new in the, in the news and what's relevant for uh, African Americans. And, and for African Americans, we can expand that to all Americans. So remember, as we always conclude our program, that health is your biggest asset. So protect it. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone.